You're listening to Bleed TV, the only podcast for today's best shows and movies. I'm Zach. And I'm Jake. And tonight we got The Walking Dead returns to us. This is season 7B, episode 709, The Rock in the Road. This stuff's getting more and more confusing, all these split seasons. <laughs> yeah, no, does... Vikings did it to it this year. I'm just like... Well, it's kind of the new uh, thing. It's a new trend, you know. Um, I guess maybe it helps with shooting and to keep people from forgetting about shows, but yeah. God. The, uh, of course, the only, I would say the director was Nicotero, which this was kind of a surprise for me because typically whenever we get Nicotero, we usually have some kind of blood curdling death of a major character and, or, or zombie set piece. You're right. And we didn't get the death of a character. Instead, we got clothesline of death. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, go ahead and tell me, man, thoughts. I. I did not don't I don't want people to think I hated this episode or anything like that. I did not hate the episode, but I thought it was pretty mediocre for a um first episode to start a season. Man. Yeah, you you are the vast minority, my friend. Yeah, no, I I will just say this. I don't think much happened. And I I realized what they had to do, like this is like setting the chess table. And stuff like that. Or really, not even that much of that. Because most people say no. Um, but I mean, I, I understand what they're doing. I just... It's just kind of, meh. Yeah, good episode of Walking Dead, but nothing blew my skirt up. Well, you, you're a disaster of a brother to me with that opinion. <laughs> I just I gave it like an 8.5 out of 10. I thought it was really good just because it was good to have the entire company back together. I thought their, seeing them all work together was more entertaining. I thought the storyline was good for setting up a much better second half of this season. Um, there was some setup and stuff. Um, and overall, the episode was entertaining from start to finish, even even with just some dialogue parts. Um, it wasn't, there wasn't any long drawl of drag, which is so typical, which we suffered through so much in the first half. Um, and not only that, it was just some really amazing set pieces that were done this time and very few technical, I'm going to chew up situations in this episode. Don't get me wrong. I got several now, but they're very, they're small in detail. Um, nothing like we've had in the past. We were like, Oh my God, what dog shit. How did they make this? You know, (laughs) um, everything here was very plausible, but they had some, you know, you know, I've come to realize we, we, we could be bleed TV podcast. We could also be called quality control. You know, um, there's some quality control issues with this episode, you know, and that's the stuff that, you know, just me wanting this show to be a 10 out of 10, you know, which is, not likely, uh, you know, <laughs> in, in entertainment. It, it, about in, as in far from it. In technical, what I'm saying is, now, don't get me wrong, entertainment-wise, this is my favorite show. I mean, it's no secret. Um, but, you know, I always want to strive for it to get to that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, from start to finish, I mean, I really, really enjoyed it. And I've, it's been a long time since I've been able to say that and keep a straight face. No, I wasn't, like, bored by the episode or anything like that. I wasn't um, down on it or sad about anything or really pissed any direction they went i was just kind of meh it was a, a a decent episode a good episode of walking dead there you go it just wasn't i mean there's some monster episodes that the show delivers it's nowhere near that to me but there's been some utter stinkers this show delivers and it's nowhere near that either so it's like 
I wouldn't call it a middle of the road, but maybe just a hair above middle of the road. I got you. I got you. Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is, is if we get to season nine, we're not going to remember season seven, oh nine. All you're going to remember is the clothesline. You know, I mean, you're not going to remember anything else of the rest of the episode, really, per se. Yeah. This it doesn't have one of those huge. Oh my god, the entire episode kind of deals. You know. I agree. Uh, but still badass. So I mean, I'll just put that out there. But I, I do have my qualms though, and we will reach them. Yes. <laughs> uh, by the way, guys, Cash was supposed to be joining us tonight. Unfortunately, the fella got his wisdom teeth cutting out, and he looks like uh, Chip looks Mom. like he decided to bite into a, a bag of hot bees with his face swollen and not doing so well. It's uh, not a good situation. <laughs> uh, we wish him well. Um, but to get into the episode, the, the episode starts with, uh, you know, Father Gabriel on his night post and so on. And I got to tell you, man. Were I you was, waiting for the bullet? I was. I was. Thank you. I knew you would not think the same way. I, I was, was so expecting him just to take a bullet right to the face. And I was really expecting it, that second shot where they show him in the profile. And I was like. And they're just focused too long on him. Oh, I know. He was, when he pulled the Bible out and stuff, I was like, this is like... Axel. Yeah, I was waiting it. for Axel. Yeah. You know? I mean, I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. They're, they're about to kill Gabriel. I'm over here, like, shaking my wife's arm going, watch this. Watch this. He's going down. And it's like, he's either going to have an arrow bolt go through him, or he's taking a bullet to the face. And, and yeah. it just kind of dragged. And I was like, um, um, and then it didn't happen. And I was just like, I'm going to be honest with you, most people, I was like... That was the most intense several minutes of the of a show I've been through. <laughs> and most people were like, what the hell are you talking about? No, that was the most suspenseful part of the episode to yeah. me. It was just assuming that a character who's a major roller coaster, who I loathed uh, two seasons ago, <laughs> yeah. has gently risen his character to this point now where I'm like, uh, he's a character I like. And I'm like, are they really just going to grease him like Axel at the prison? I was just like, I don't know where. Please don't, you know, anybody but him. Um, Yeah, I was, I was super, you know, impressed with the fact that I was worried, you know. But then it went some weird direction that I still to this day don't understand. Yeah, what do you call it? I put a post out there on social media, you know, about this whole little five minutes here with Gabriel. Because, you know, you see him just all of a sudden read his Bible, and then he suddenly gets down, goes into the house. Um, I thought I, he was in a, a scuffle. Yeah, I don't know where he just, you know, you know, it's time, and starts, and then you see stuff falling. Da, 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 and I'm like, homeboy got inside and was waiting on him, you know? Yeah. And... You know, I had my mind going a hundred different directions, and da da da. And then all of a sudden, they just throw the rope a dope, and you know, he's over there emptying the shelves into these cans. Why in the hell is he hollering, and why is he trying to make as much noise doing this? I mean, did you get that impression? No, I didn't hear the hollering part. What weirded me out was like he goes straight there, but then he's like creeping down the hall, and you could see the door is ajar, and it's like. He kind of gently pushes it open, you know, almost like he's tracking somebody. You yeah. know what I mean? And then he turns a corner. The camera's just facing down the hall. And you hear, like, a scuffle, what was yeah, appears. commotion, you know, something falling. And, and then he's just raking the stuff, you know, into buckets, basically, and and loading them into a car. I do have no clue. all the weapons into And strategically throws his Bible on the floor... In the inventory room. 
Yeah, well, you see him going through the inventory sheets. And so when this happened, the first thing that was going through my mind was is that, okay, now that I don't feel like the bad guy is involved in this and that he's not on the verge of death, what is his purpose here? And so, of course, first thing that my mind was is, of course, that he's going to think, doing what he thinks is best, clearing out the shelves, hiding what they have left, hiding the weapons, and so that they'll have to split that up with the saviors the next time they come. And he's doing what he thinks is the best thing to do. Right, and I thought he was going through the logbooks to cover yeah. those bases. Yeah, he was, uh, he was removing evidence of what he was doing right. and everything else. And then I was like, okay, I think it's um, you know good intentions, poor execution kind of situation. You know, um, I did like the detail that you see him fill the car up with a gas can. You know, how many times we see these cars just, you know, hey, they just infinite gas, you know, just run whatever, yeah. no problem. I was happy to have that situation. Well, at first I thought the gas, he was just like pouring onto a car to light it on fire <laughs> and like just be done with all their supplies and everything. It's <laughs> like, what the hell are they doing? Then I was like, okay, he's driving off. Right. And, and so, then very good camera work when he exits the gate and he gets in the car and he pulls it off and you see the guy just raise up in the back right. seat. You know, and when I first saw this, I have to tell you that I thought this was a shot of Gabriel returning. Well, you know what I mean? Like, because the way he was closing the gate, I thought, yeah, okay, no. this could be the reverse, you know, of him coming back. And so when you see the, the head pop up, I was like, Gabriel's brought a friend into Alexandria. But then you realize from the, the angle you're yeah. seeing leaving, um, man, I, that's, I put the picture of the fella uh, on Facebook, you know, and to try to get some ideas and stuff. And nine out of 10 people are all in the same boat of, you know, this is the booted guy, you know, the guy, the guy wearing the boots we saw at the end of last yeah, definitely. season. He's been watching the place, the whole yep. nine yards. And, um, um, but there, there have been some theories and some different things. And, but nobody really knows the identity of this person. But what everybody has kind of come to the rationale of is, is that, <sighs> You know, this is somebody possibly we do meet at the end of the episode. The hooded person holding a rifle at the end was the most consistent situation, well, thus giving you a connection possibly for Gabriel later on. Well, I mean, these this group at the end could have been called the hoodlums or the hood rats because there's several of them rocking the hood. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree. It could definitely be one. Um well, it's just the only detail here everybody's hanging their hat on is, is that you look how the person was dressed that was spying on Alexandria, and you look how the the group was dressed, and it's very, very similar. No, no. I, I'm assuming this guy's a member of this group. Right. Uh, Yeah, where do we go next after this? Well, you know, here's the thing. Talk about the detail of seeing the, the head come up. Did you notice in the manner the head came up? It wasn't like somebody was leaned over on a seat. No, no, he has head between his legs. Head between legs and then comes up. Yeah. So there is the idea that some people think that um, Gabriel knew the person was there. To me, I say no. Yeah, because why, why, why emerge to create the suspense at the moment? No, and I hope that's not the case because it looked super rad and yeah, you know, kind of horror movie style. Yeah. You know, I can't remember the movie. About the the gas station clerk running out to the person and the lady freaking out thinking he was coming to attack her, but really he was screaming, there's someone in your back seat. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. that's such a cool thing that sticks with me. And then that happened in this scene. I was like, man, that's just cool. 
Yeah, I mean, it was it was well done. And, uh, you know, the crazy thing is is that it's one of those things where there's a lot of people who missed this. You really? Know, the, the, you know, you see them leave. They just weren't paying attention to the idea. The head pops up. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess I mean, hey, look, you got to understand something. I was the guy who missed the part initially until I had to watch it a second time where Michonne kills that redheaded girl that she stopped on the road. But it was, you know, from a distance. You know, you see her grease her and turn the car around when they find the horde. Remember that back um, – Remember, Michonne puts that uh, trap of bodies out there. Yeah, no, a no. Female I know what you're talking about. I didn't see her greaser either. Yeah, an initial, you know, you don't. They, you know, he, she said there's a gun with a silencer in the glove box. Da 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 da. And then when they shot the distance scene, she blows her away and then drives away. And I was when I people when if somebody told me like I can't believe she killed her, I was like, what the? No way! I yeah, went back I and rewatched it. it, and I was like, wow, she did greaser. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, cold blooded, you know, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I really, really thought the intro to this show was really good. It had me guessing the whole time. It had me suspense the whole time. And then seeing the guy rise up in the car was pretty dang cool. So I really enjoyed that. But they got some explaining to do because they I don't understand what Gabriel's doing. I don't know why he wrote boat. The only, you know, how does he know about the boat? Did, did, did Rick and... Uh, did Aaron and Rick tell him that's how he got their supplies? I don't remember that conversation. Do you? Well, not that, not that they had to have the blatant conversation in front of us, but uh, that would still kind of make you think that he knew where the boat was. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know. That's a reach. The, Until I figure out what the hell is going on, that's a reach so far. Yeah, I mean, well, just, yeah. If you took all that stuff back, I mean, it was so treacherous for two people to try to make it to the boat, and then Gabriel's going to do it by himself in the middle of the dark. I'm just trying. But that's to, what I'm saying. I'm trying. To, it's a. It's. I'm really confused. What you know, if that boat is what it means, or what all like like you said, the Bible on the ground, the inventory sheet on the last page saying boat. I mean, there's just. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on. There. There's a lot of eggs there, and we I, can't, I need the carton here to put it all together, you yeah. know. Um, so the episode from there picks up, and I, what was the next scene that happened? Pretty sure it's talking to Gregory. Oh yeah, this uh, the sarcasm was hilarious. <laughs> okay, Gregory is great at this role. He is. As a piece of crap, he's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's a super douche. In the, you know what sucks though, and this is one of the slight qualms i have the writing for gregory is superb he is extremely well acted and written for but the rest of the people in the room what they say to him is just like weak sauce super weak cheese i'm happy you said that because like i put on one of my posts out there and i got a lot of comments back for was is that you know one of the technical issues is is that some of the script writing it just really lacks. You have one character who has dynamics, like you're talking about, Gregory. And then you have people who have these comments to him. You're like, what? Really? Daryl. It, it happened. Daryl's comment. And then later on, we deal with Ezekiel. Some of the comments that are made during their conversations. Yeah. The, the, the conversation with Morgan. There's three or four examples in this, in this episode where the dialogue, the way it was written, makes one character look like, they need Ridland or something. I mean, it's just like they're completely lost or it just didn't die. 
it just didn't jive. Yeah, a lot of the stuff was like super cliche. I mean, Daryl's stuff really stuck out to me where he's just like, you're either with us or against us. I'm like, (laughs) Jesus, never heard that before. My God. And somebody just bathe him. So, (laughs) But here's the thing. It's like everybody has these like set roles on how they're supposed to act in all these meetings, right? It's like Maggie is reasonable. Rick is, you know, reasonable. Michonne has suddenly become super emotional. She's always the emotional head. Then you got Sasha, Daryl, and Rosita. They're all just stone cold uh, oh, yeah. freaks. Oh, gosh. David, David, he had me said Rosita, in his opinion, was a frosty bitch this entire yeah. episode. <laughs> but I prefer how she's acting to how Sasha's acting. Oh, I, I know I shouldn't say it, but that sure made me mad. I'm like, ugh, yeah. disgusting writing. Stop That's it, bad dude. Yeah, I know it. You know, I mean, I, I I'm with you. I mean, I'm with you. Another thing is too is that Gregory, this group of seven nine people in this room, and what authority and power does he really hold? I mean, That's another thing that I struggle with. I mean, this hilltop community is not vast in numbers by any means. And, I mean, realistically, it's not a stretch at all to think that he is nothing more than a pincushion for this entire community. I, I, I just don't... Well, no. I struggle if, with this. If you remember, you know, when they first meet these people, it's like Gregory was the one that, like, got them all together and got them doing something. Okay? And now... Gregory is the go-between for the saviors, so they can't just whack him. Oh no, it's you know just, what I mean. You know, I just feel like you could strong arm him better than what they're doing. I, yeah, but I also th- think they fear that he could be a quickly a turncoat. He tried to turncoat on Maggie and Sasha. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, understatement. Dude. You know, so it's like they. I think they have to watch what they deal with him. You know what I mean. I agree. I, I don't know. But like you said, the dialogue was eh. Um, I did like that when they came outside. I like the, cam- the the cinematography, the camera work, where they're walking behind them as they're going out the door. I thought it was really cool to see like the sunlight come through and it emerge. And, yeah. Uh, I, you know... I don't get to I don't get to brag about that as much so much on Walking Dead, but there were some definitely some artistic angles and different things that were being no, that done was this time. Cool camera angles, yeah, I agree. And, and uh, you know, because I mean, if you watch Outsiders, we pod it. They have some really, really well done cinematography and set how they do their things. And Walking Dead, unfortunately, could learn a thing or two from those uh, when it comes to some of those things they do course we meet this little other group that's ready to join in and you know say hey we're tired of being under the thumb and you know uh right. you know but we've turned in from nine into 15 to 20 now you know still small potatoes um and then this is where we get the whole hey it's time to meet king ezekiel um you know um do you think it's strange that he held out as long as he did before he mentions the new the new group and knew where they were and everything well, it's strange that it's taken this long because if you remember his famous line to Rick was, your world's about to get a whole lot bigger. Right. And he's obviously talking about Ezekiel and the saviors and all of them and stuff like that. Um, now, I do like the part where evidently Ezekiel has trusted Jesus to 
you know, in confidence of not mentioning and doing that sort of stuff. Um, but I don't know. It, for some reason, I wouldn't say it just bothered me, but I was, it was just kind of strange timing that, okay, now we're going to meet King Ezekiel. You know, it's convenient. Right. I agree. And um, just just like Daryl, how I complain about his just utter filthiness, Jesus' look is starting to rub me the wrong way. I think his hair is a little too, like, ridiculously straight. And uh, he's like the cleanest cut dude, you know, even with his beard and stuff. Um, I'm struggling with Jesus's look right now. I know that's a silly thing to bitch about, but it's like, I don't know, man. Something's rubbing me the wrong way. It's kind of like what they do with Maggie where they, right now, it's fine. But remember, she used to be in like knee-high leather boots and just lots of straps and buckles all over and stuff. I'm like, yeah, she's a super attractive girl, but. This is unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, why do we need our fourth belt buckle? Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, I, you know, I just sometimes I wonder like the decisions they make, like why they're why they're going the route they're going. Right. And Jesus is starting to rub me a little weird. Daryl, I mean, I just still don't understand. Somebody um, throw this man a bar soap. <laughs> there has to be. An ivory fresh somewhere in this apocalyptic world where my man can get a you know a bath. Yeah, I hope in the uh, the kingdom washes him <laughs> thoroughly. The royal Daryl is clean. Yes. Yeah. Oh, stop! Stop! Oh my, you're ridiculous. Okay, um, so let's get to the royal palace here. You know they roll up on the you know which abandoned buildings and stuff. Dump and- whole mill. Yeah, um, and a couple guys on horses rolled up, you know, and uh, I, I, you know another example of some questionable dialogue is that you know, okay, you know, we don't let just strangers stroll up in here. Totally understand all that stuff like that. And Daryl's like, "Let's just go, man. Let's just bail." <laughs> I'm like, "We're wasting our time." I mean, really? I'm like, the purpose we're here is to recruit. You know, to be able to handle Negan and like, okay, we got people here, but now because Joe Blow on the horse is not you know, feeding, you know, rolling well, out the says, red mat for you. All right, line up. <laughs> Which I don't agree with the way he's talking to him either. Jesus is clearly here. They like, he's brought these people in confidence. You know what I mean? Um, I this guy on the horse. You know, we we've seen him act like a douche before, so it's not a surprise. Yeah. But, um. But yeah, like, line up. <laughs> I've already your guts. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I agree. Some On both sides. Yeah, yeah. Daryl's like quick on the trigger nowadays. Just like to click crazy. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need this shit. We're wasting our time. Let's yeah. fuck out of here. <laughs> you know. I, oh, yeah. Is there another group we can go find, recruit? Yeah. Is this D-bag right here on the horse? <laughs> I don't like him. You know. Um... <laughs> But yeah, Art, once again, another choice on the looks. This little, like, youth hockey gear that these grown men are wearing. I'm struggling. Oh, my God. What's this for? <laughs> Don't bite me here. Just in all my, this other open my nine by nine chest shield. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what this is for. It's premature to me. Like, I... Being non-spoiler-esque, I mean, in the comic book, the the their dre- they the armor is much different, you know, in the uh, comic good. book, and 
the time the time of you know the scale of the comic is different. Yeah, you know we're we're kind of borderline past the age of weapons per se or bullets and you I know, know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Um, and so it gives it more credence to why. Um, I, I don't I can care. imagine. I can imagine being a director or either show. I'm like, how did we make this work when these people are not armor makers and you have to go out and grab stuff? I mean, but yeah, I mean, some of it does look kind of small. I they mean, look humble. like they're wearing chest thongs <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's like where's we're, all the material bro we're done we're done yeah. <laughs> it's like fat guy in a small hey man, outfit i think you're wearing that shoulder holster wrong <laughs> yeah. it's not supposed to cross your chest like that i, I don't still understand them i, I, mean, I it, know i know is this laser tag are those the sensors <laughs> shut up man. i mean shut i'm up. just struggling dude. I, I, hey man i feel you i feel you i wanted to you know the sad thing is, is when you see the good side of this, when you see like Glenn back in the day when he has riot gear on, and you see the the real it's deal, good. I mean, like that looked legit. That yep. looked like it has purpose. The whole nine yards, and then you see these guys, and you're like, "What the f?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, a pair of overalls would be safer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you get some, some a Carhartt gear. jacket. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, Something yeah. thick. Well, just like when we spoke to uh, Rosemary, you know, uh, Rodriguez, who's one of the directors for Walking Dead, you know, on an average day of shooting, it's 104 degrees. You know, could you, I mean, insanity. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd probably have a very light version of armor, too, considering the heat and temperature, you know. Yeah, but ask any roofer. You rock, you know, long sleeves, and it's the only way to stay cool, you know, is out of the heat. You know what I mean? A hat. Put a hat on these bastards. Straw yeah. cap. I mean, you might end up with, you know, Mary Jane Rottencrotch when it's all said and done walking hey, whatever. around Whatever. Famunda cheese is necessary <laughs> sometimes. Um, all right. So they go, they roll up into the kingdom and all of a sudden tear out of left fields like, oh, hey, look, there's Morgan, you know, and we have this not as eventful reunion. Um, it didn't bother me. Uh, I thought the dialogue was kind of strange because it immediately went to. I found her, but she's gone. I mean, it wasn't like... But you got to remember, the departing of Morgan to go get Carol was bad. It was. you know, they were still pissed at Morgan that he was keeping the wolf in the... Yeah, the oh, I know. It, they, their relationship was already strained, you know. Um, but, of course, you know, like I said, the focus of the conversation was like, oh, hey, how you doing? You know, uh, uh, she accomplished her mission. Okay, she's all right. Uh, but now she's gone. Okay, moving on. I mean, it was very quick. He didn't do a whole lot. He got a hug from a couple, and then they moved on to go meet and All right, Ezekiel. so is Daryl going to pistol whip Morgan as soon as he finds out that he's lying about Carol being nearby? Um, yeah, you know, that was kind of a situation because, I mean, he's holding, his, he's holding his ground. But there's multiple people that know Carol is just down the road. I mean, how long before Daryl figures it out since he's there? And if you ain't with us, you're against us. <laughs> that needs to be a sign he wears. Yeah. I mean, how dare you lie to me? <laughs> Just whip his grease in his yeah. eyes. Oh, <laughs> we're done. We're done again. <laughs> you're disgusting. Uh, yeah, it's a defense I, I, mechanism. Yeah, yeah. Daryl's hair is better armor than these fucking kingdom guards. <laughs> Couldn't penetrate this with a comb. Uh. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> I'm drawing blanks over here. But no, yeah, I agree. I mean, this is kind of a 
It, I mean, the reunion was fine, but it once was. again, it's it is strange that he's. I know why he's saying this about Carol because Carol doesn't want anybody to come around. Like she doesn't want to be a part of the group get, anymore. He's trying to respect her, but because if he gives away where she is, she'll just move on again where they won't know where she is. Right. It's like, At least they do know and you know, within an arm's length. Yeah. You, you know. can't smother her. Exactly. And so yeah. I think that I think it's a good thing. I think the whole situation was well put out. Um so I have no problem with that. Um I love the reaction they have when they roll up into the auditorium. Oh, they're yeah. all at the door. Forgot <laughs> to mention the tiger. The tiger. Yeah. <laughs> Oops, my bad about that. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, uh, that was one of my favorite parts of the writing. Yeah. This episode was that pe- that just that little simple thing. Right. It didn't require any dialogue. It just you know just their. Yeah. yeah he forgot. was like, oh, sorry, I forgot to. And he's like, and Rick's like, yeah, the tiger. Uh, <laughs> everybody's just like huddled in the back. Uh, yeah. Which is exactly how you should be. Exactly. It, that was realism. That is a quality detail if they had just strolled down there going nice kitty we would have had a problem you know what i mean out of a drop kicking jesus take him yeah. <laughs> darting for the door i gotta be as fast with you you piece That's of shit right. <laughs> oh i know it i mean which by the way i gotta tell everybody this is pretty funny uh did you see the thing about our tiger our ex memphis tiger oh yeah we're f- we're from the memphis area just to let everybody know if we're not sure but one of our tigers murdered a tiger in sacramento zoo <laughs> and uh it was, it's getting pretty good with the, the memes about this i can only imagine it's like you you could take the tiger out of memphis but you can't take the memphis, <laughs> memphis out of the tiger, tiger. <laughs> i mean, I mean we're only in the top five murder yeah. city in the country yeah. we're number one there for a while <laughs> yeah there's already videos of like the tiger with the shades dropping down <laughs> you know what <laughs> i mean the blunt and everything yeah <laughs> that's yeah. right baby don't come to south street pop yeah. pop yeah <laughs> Yeah, there's a saying, Memphis is fucked. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Even our tigers are gangsters. <laughs> That's right, people. Even supposedly domesticated animals. Yeah, but we're just happy to have in Sacramento so it didn't raise our murder rates. <laughs> um, but moment of silence for the Sacramento tiger. <laughs> Very short moment of silence. So anyway, yeah. So back to the CG tiger. Um, improved or not improved? Same. Same. Yeah. Same. It's not terrible. It's not terrible. It's, it's not, not distracting. So it's, it's not. Fine. It's not like it's glowing. It ain't Ezekiel. near as distracting as this old English speaking that they do. <laughs> I am over it. Yeah, it's time to drop it. Ugh. And then Chubby I, in the red that repeats Jerry, what he says. Yeah, Jerry. Jerry. Now Jerry makes me crack up. But yeah, it's that's going to get old quick if we keep repeating it. Are they poking fun at somebody that has like some mental health issues, though? I hope not, but I doubt it. I think it's just, you know. I'm just telling you, they're pushing the border. <laughs> Here's the deal. Like, I, what I really enjoy about Ezekiel was is that the episode we had when Carol Morgan was there is when he became a real person and, it's just, and described the facade that he made and he spoke. Yeah. Phenomenal. I really, really, really enjoyed it. So we had to come back to him being king ezekiel for this new crowd it's jarring it's it's jarring and especially when morgan's there and morgan i mean should be aware that he's full of shit you know with this whole little act you know what i mean and so especially when you're speaking of something as important as possibly combating you know the saviors i i don't know i just yeah, it that's got to go. I mean, the whole speaking and uh, you know, King Ezekiel will make his decision. To, you know. Well, that that only flies inside his walls. You know what I mean? Right. 
it once and you see he doesn't talk like that like when they meet the saviors and stuff he's not like that you know he talks no, normal it's a facade yeah so he only does that like he was telling carol just because sometimes people need a little yeah. fantasy and you know to help them get through it even if it just like takes their mind off of stuff you know what i mean absolutely just puts them into a it's like reading a book you know you like you put yourself into it you know what i mean absolutely so i i know why he does it but god is it just it's distracting it's it all is good really distracting it now. really is because by the time he gets towards the end i'm like we've got to hurry up and get through this because this is where daryl should be like <laughs> fuck this we're out <laughs> really, you're against us <laughs> Let's kill them before we kill the saviors. Yeah, really. And anybody who wants to join can. Yeah. But this dreadlocked nutbag up here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I know, I know. You know, basically, like, I I enjoyed all of it. I just I it's gonna get old really really quick. Yeah. I, I, like I said, like you said, when you hear him talking to Carol and Morgan and stuff like that, you you see the normal side. You see so when it's you, real. W- yeah. When you catch this stuff, it's like, boosh. yeah. This is... It's got to stop soon. Yeah. It's got to. So they get shot down. I didn't expect this. I did a whole little speech with um, the guy that Morgan's been training. You know, the one who encounters Carol out in the woods. Well, the that whole, happens first, actually. He well, meets I, I Carol know, and I'm going to get to that. But what I'm saying, like, his whole little speech of, you know, when when you're offered the opportunity to be a hero, go be a hero and yeah. that kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I was like, this was a this was a cool moment, you know, and... That dialogue was good. It was well written. Yep. Their conversation with each other was really well done. Da da da. And they set you up to for him to come and say, "Okay, we're going to parlay and joy and do this." Da da da. And it was kind of a real shock that we come back out and we watch kids that are missing limbs and shooting bows and arrows and doing all stuff and reneges and says, "Nah, well, you know, we got too much to lose." Don't get me wrong; it is the safe play. I mean, just like Morgan said, find another way. Maybe we kidnap Negan, we do this, that, or so on. Um, what, do, what do you think? Do you, would you expect this? Is, is this a smart move at the time? What do you think? Um, I don't really know what to think about this yet because I'm going to need some more explanation on why he doesn't want to enter the fray because I see the kids and you know they're missing some body parts and there's some, you know, Older people that didn't make it, completely didn't make it, they died. Um, but they have to realize that this, just like every other group and other people they trade with and stuff like that, people die on a regular basis. And the percentage of the stuff that you're having to give gets higher and higher and higher because you're getting lower and lower. It's just like Rick talks about. It's harder to find stuff around us right now. You got to go far abreast to try to find more stuff. So it's like, I mean, it only makes sense to try to knock out this, you know, you know, threat. You know, I just, I, in a way, you can see where he's coming from. Where he's like, I just, I, well, it, it, I have to protect my people. I agreed with his decision after I sat there and kind of gave it a little thought, a little hindsight. I mean, realistically. You've got a good situation where your people are completely unaware of how dangerous of a threat is. You were able to provide exactly what they need and doesn't look like they've had an issue with that whatsoever. You have a good system going. People are happy. You know, things are the only thing that's messing up the apple cart is Rick and company. And plus, if you look at this as well, is is that what's to say 
you know, you see Rick's track record of I'll come to the hilltop. We're going to solve this problem for you. Da, 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 and now you see where they're at with the situation. So you've seen how it can go sideways one way and everything else. And so, and plus here's the other thing, you know, they, they walked into that community of Hill kingdom. And they're like, well, we got the numbers now. I still don't see the numbers. You know, I see a lot of folks, but I wouldn't necessarily say I see the force needed. Yeah, you see about 15 dudes jogging. Yeah, I mean, look like they're, you know, they got their camel Formidable, and, decent. Yeah. Right. I, I just don't see. Based <laughs> they're wearing on what their they chest thongs. Sh- yeah. Well, <laughs> rollerblading gear. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank again. But what I'm getting at is that, you know, what they showed you via camera to what they were looking at, I didn't see the where you sustained the comment, there, here's our numbers. You, you know, if that makes sense. You know, especially numbers without guns. Yeah. I mean, homeboy rolled up on a horse with a Excalibur in his hand. And the other guy rolled up with a single pistol. Yeah. A nine millimeter on his hip. I mean, so, I mean. They could have mobbed them right then. Well, that's the other thing is, too. If you really think about it, think about this group that rolls up in this suburban. Say all of them have, two of them have an assault rifle. You stroll up with your Excalibur and your nine millimeter on your pistol on a horse. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're Swiss cheese before you hit the ground. You know what I mean? If they if they're feeling yeah. threatened at all by your Excalibur coming at them, you know. Yeah, and that sword's probably just like a movie prop that I mean, would just shatter so, exactly. the first so, attack. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Some nerd made that in his basement. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I mean, you really think about it. Even that setup right there, they didn't see Jesus initially. They came down there going, halt, and once brandishing this, you know, this blade and sword, <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, one could pull up a rifle and pow, pow, and, you know, you and your your junior hockey equipment on the ground. Really, a bow and arrow would have done these guys in. I mean. Yeah, so, I mean, that part, I'm just kind of like, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't see the numbers. I don't see what they saw. I see them adding to the group. I, I get you there 100%. Um Again, it's the little technical details. You know what I mean? The little bitty technical details. Um, so as they're leaving, Ezekiel offers the, you know, Daryl stay. It's the smart move and so on, um, which it was. I did not expect this. Um, uh, but I also don't like it because it also means we're going to get the whole separation storylines again. Separate it again. Because one of the main reasons I really, really, really enjoyed this episode is because we had them all together. And so now we're going to have the whole Morgan, Daryl, Carol fiasco. And then we're going to have, um, you know, then of course now we've seen later on the episode, you see Jesus and uh, Sasha run off to Hilltop. And then of course now, and then of course you got the rest of them. So now we've divided into three groups again. And it didn't even take a full episode before this happened. Yeah, I don't know. I I hope it's not going to end up that way. But you can easily see a Morgan Carol Daryl episode. Really, you could see straight up Daryl Ezekiel episodes. You know, and then horseback guy. You mm-hmm. know, left hand man or whatever this dude is. Yeah. Um. I. That'll be rough. Um, cause Rick is now going to have his own business with this new group. So that'll be a part of something too. Uh, so I, I agree. I hate that they're split up again, but I do want to see progress as well. Yeah. So, it's, it's twice fold. <clears throat> you can't constantly make all new ground with everybody involved. Yeah. It just doesn't work that way. You know, and it's just, it's an unfortunate side effect, but if they do it right, we should be okay. 
Yeah. You know, um, that's good. So, all right, they leave and we get to the infamous highway scene. Now, we've seen this highway before. I don't know if you recognize it, but this is the exact same location, in which I noticed this, but even before I watched The Talking Dead, this is the exact same location they stopped and propped up when they were looking for um, what's her, you know, Carol's daughter back in the day. You know, remember when they all propped up on oh, the highway? Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, this is the same stretch of highway. Right. I got you. Um, and so, genius, and I think this was also a great writing, um, all these cars were in the way, you know, that would prevent travel. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I did like that. I do think it was kind of unique that you could right there, see the compound, you know, the savior's compound from the highway. Yeah. Um, kind of unique that that is the <clears throat> only building out there. What looks to be in the entire countryside that and you can see from a distance. Not positive, but it almost looks like a refinery or something. You know, from down here in the south, that looks like a, a paper-making plant, you know, because they're just out in the middle of nowhere, yeah. usually along some kind of stretch of water that you can do something like that. Pulp mill. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, there's something. The smelliest buildings on oh, Earth. Oh, God. You know, people, and being living in, where I lived in Louisiana for a little while, people are like, oh, I smell money. I said, no, that's smell shit. <laughs> <laughs> Bastrop, Louisiana. Yes. Oh, my God. You can smell it from three counties away. It's awful. <clears throat> uh, it, it was, uh, us parishes down there. They don't use, use county words anymore, but. Whatever. Yeah, it's, uh, Frenchy, it was stupid. awful. It was awful. Yes. I, I never could make it. There was one in Western Rome as well, which isn't too far up there, and I'm talking about. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, let's don't talk about paper meals. But um, <clears throat> so they move the cars out of the way, and they go down there, and all of a sudden, Michonne pulls up the binoculars, and I guess catches a glimpse of the cable with the explosives on it. Now, what was your initial thoughts? You know, when I, when she pulls the binoculars and they do this, to me, I was kind of like, hmm. I'm thinking somebody's been following them. There's eyes on them. There's something else. They're going to something intriguing. Didn't expect them to find a cable with explosive on it. I I guess I was kind of confused on how the logistic of this works because they move the cars right to drive through, and then they run up onto the wire. No, the wire <clears throat> was, if the wire got pushed enough, it was going to pull down the red click um, switch, thus causing the explosives to go off, blowing up. I know. Is it beyond the cars, or is it parallel to the cars? The cable was anchored to these two vehicles, and it would take a, a very large mass to move that cable with the vehicles attached enough to make that line trip and make the explosive thus destroying a massive amount of the herd. No, I, I know that I'm talking about the stack of cars that they have to move. Right. Right. So then they drive down the highway a little bit and then they run into this cable. No, that what they did was they realized they were going down this side of the highway and you notice it had garter rails on both sides. So you couldn't cross the medium unless you went in a very specific location. And so they packed all those cars up um, before you got to where you could cross the median. Okay. So if you're on that highway, 
it basically prevented anybody from coming towards the Savior compound. But you could be going away from the if you were in the opposite side lane. Well, in the opposite side lane is where you had the cars with the the explosive rig. So if a herd ever came, then they would run in. They would have be forced into the cable side, thus creating the explosion. If that makes sense. Nope. Because I, honestly, I thought there was a car on the incoming and outgoing lane. And they had the cu- the cable running across the median. Well, they did for part of it, but I think no, that's that's the way it is. Yeah, well, actually, when you put it, for, I I what I, I'm, I, I, I know I'm, what you're saying. I think it's all about which way we're which direction we're pointing. But they make it look like I know what you mean now. Okay, yes. You got a point. Now that you're sitting there putting it together. I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to figure out the logistics of how they go beyond the pile of cars, right? That they have to move to make a lane, right? And they drive down, I'm assuming, and reach the cars with the cables. Something Rick said. He says, we got to move the cars off the off-ramp. So maybe the cars were blocking the ramp. And then that's what those cars were actually on the interstate. Okay. That's fine. Because he remember he makes that statement. I knew there was something to it, but like the cars are blocking away into the, the area, but the cars with the cables are what are set for the herd. Okay. That makes more sense. I remember okay. him making that little detail. This is where the most of my qualms are going to come in. That's why I'm trying to figure out some of this stuff because there's some things that happen in here that I'm like, Holy shit! What are we doing right now? Um, okay, uh, so so anyway, they come. They realize that all these explosives are good. Um, Daryl says he'd heard about this. Um, yeah, from, this is a, this is what Fat Joe talked about, right? And and, and this, and this was, is to stop a big herd. Um, so they decide that the, we really need these because explosives make up for lack of numbers. Correct. Obviously. Now they have RPGs tied to this thing and dynamite. Rosita, just super bomb expert, just dives right in. This was my first big issue with the episode is that there is zero background knowledge that states or even has given a hint or clue that she knows anything about this situation. I know you're wrong. They make it look like a dumb, like, you know, Johnny come lately put it together, but I'm sorry if, if people are, this is dynamite and RPG da, 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 and nobody that I can figure in this group has a clue. And she just goes on and opens this box up and just starts unspinning this and pulling off that. And well, she pulls out the battery, the lead battery. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Whatever. I'm okay with this so far. Cause it's kind of like a golf cart of batteries. You know, they're just tied together. Um, and that wasn't, that was like a little hard to swallow, but it gets mucho worse in a minute. <laughs> um, I struggle with that part. Another thing is too, is I've also, um, knowing somebody in law enforcement like that, you know, leaving, uh, that kind of, uh, those kinds of explosives out in the sun and, and weather and rain. weather we'll log them. And, like yeah, water log them right and uh that stuff is so fragile like, even like when rosita said later if they have a dent or scratch anything don't mess with them don't touch them da, 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 da. um 
and they have to be transported very carefully, not thrown in the back of a suburban, um, laying next to an RPG or anything else. I mean, don't get me wrong, that's very ticky to me. But, I mean, I'm just saying that... No, no, no. That's not my qualm. Yeah. Anyway, they, they start knocking them off. And they're pulling them apart, putting them in the back of the truck, and they notice that the herd's coming. Okay, cool. This gives a little time thing. At first, when I saw a couple people walking up, I thought this was a patrol coming looking for Daryl. Um, and then I was like, oh, well, y'all are effed. You know what I mean? Because they'll see you, obviously. Then I realized, okay, it's a big herd of walkers. All right. They're doing some things, doing some things. Rosita sees a just random three-pack of dynamite and says, not that one. I don't like the looks of that one. And picks it up and goes and takes it and sets it in the median. I'm like, okay. I thought she was going to like try to like leave it there and come back for it for herself. You know, like she had some another another plan of hers, yeah, right? Another initiative here. Um anyway, I forget about it for a second. Then they we do the cable thing, right? This is the major Nicotero zombie set piece right here. We get a lot of really cool looking walkers heading up to the street. Aaron Michonne and Rick jump in the cars and they go ghost ship style. All right, first of all, time out. Time out. Okay. This was addressed in in the uh, the talking that afterwards was that, you know, our man, Memphis, you know, running back legend, okay, D'Angelo, was on there, and he's like, um, both these cars run and da-da-da-da, because both of them were able to hotwire the vehicle yep. very quickly. Both of them were able to coordinate and drive and so on um, and, and take off. Uh, I struggled with that part of it, you know, that both of them being able to hotwire it pretty quickly and be able to get all that stuff. But I said, okay, I, I, I moved on from that. And then, of course, they did the whole, the the the, the guillotine cable wire all the way down, <laughs> the which don't get me wrong, was cool as hell. I mean, what a great idea. Cool. Super cool. Special effects were amazing, da 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 But the one big, big issue, and I mean huge issue, is neither car checked up, bounced, like it, like it was hitting anything. All the people were in the medium. Nobody was in the street in front of the cars until way on. But they all just went single file to the middle of the grassy area. I mean, think about it. If that cable was hitting bodies, like they were hitting bodies, that cable would be pulling those cars inward. They would be having a hard time keeping the steering wheel straight to keep tension on that cable. It would end up being a situation where they're tripping them, not cutting them in half. Uh, and the cars would be going, do, 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 and you know, and that cable getting tighter, and you would have, there would be like concussion hitting that, hitting <laughs> those cars on both sides, hitting that many bodies. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I just here's the thing. I used to we used to work at a golf course, and we used to do this very thing with a super long water hose between two. John Deere Gators. Yes. And it would to. be to drag fairways. So you, basically, you're just dragging the dew off the fairway. Yeah. Well, so, that we used to me- and tear up the plugs that we did on aerating. So, but if you get a little too far one direction, you yank the other person. You know what I mean? Like, this thing had to be just so perfectly lined up. You know what I mean? For this not to get, like, super dangerous to do. And you're right. They had a long way to drive on the street before they met walkers. Um, but less about that crap. I just, once again, I get so frustrated. Rick even says it in the show. 
the walkers ain't shit. Like, they, they don't rule No us. fear of the walkers. Okay? They plow all over these guys and stuff like that, and they just wreck havoc on all these walkers and stuff. And then Rick gets out of the car, and I'm like, throw it in reverse. Y'all just back up. You're coordinating. Back up. You know what I mean? Don't just get out in the middle of a pile of them. Then Michonne gets out, and they're just like, I'm not going to use this non-firearm in my hand. Michonne can just go hacking through these people. Completely save Rick, no problem. Yeah. Just just hacking people up. Rick's over there just giving forearm shivers and shoving them and stuff like that. And I'm just like, good Lord, if Rick can't get bit right here, which we know he can't, it's like, man, there's absolutely no fear of walkers. And I hate this stuff. He's just like, ugh, get off me. You know, and he's just shoving around. I'm like, run the opposite direction. Run to the clearer spot where there's a large pile of bodies now that y'all just decapitated and cut in half and stuff. I'm just like, what are they doing? I know it. And then the Tahoe or whatever they're in runs up on them and stuff like that. I'm assuming they're coming from the now outgoing lane that they crossed the median and right. and drove over there and stuff like that and they hop in and leave. I mean, even when they're getting in the car, Michonne gets in there and then Rick's still like kicking them off. Like, Get off me. And hops in and stuff. And I'm just like... The walkers are useless. We've seen stealth zombies. We've seen like hide in the bushes zombies and wait for a guy to come around a tree. Yeah. Uh, But these these walkers, there's nothing. It was, there were too many walkers surrounding them to make that plausible and accurate. I mean, people are getting, if you remember, as, as many times we've watched this show, People are surrounded by two walkers and then getting chewed and eaten alive. You know what I mean? <laughs> and Rick rolls out and there's nine of them surrounding him and he's throwing forearms and you get off me and da 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 da. And, and it's just so. It's just not consistent with what they have created. It's not. Even when they. The suburban was surrounded. And all of a sudden, the back door is pretty clean. Only a couple. And he's able to open the door, get in, and close the door with no issue. Oh, and their windows are down. Yeah, and they, and they, they rolled the windows up at the last second. They slowly put the windows up. I'm like, none of them are reaching in? No, you're not Nothing. fingers off? Um, there's no threat to Rick being bitten. So, why do this? It would have been it would have been better if it was just a couple of them and he was able to shove away and run and get over to a spot. It would have been more realistic instead of what he what they did. You got Nicotero here. Make it where he pulls his hatchet and just blast some of these dudes on yeah, the way add out. Add to the coolness. Add to the gore. Have Michonne whip her sword out and start decapitating and cutting people. I'm just like, this is a missed opportunity. Instead you made it just a wonky ass scene where there's no danger at all, really. Because we know neither one of them are going to get eaten. No. Yeah. So it's neither like, one of them were in danger. So they jump so in. So don't make it where you can't create a suspenseful situation like that when you have your main character. Yeah. So don't overdo it and make it be like, okay, that's total bullshit. Because they just cannot. That's not plausible. If that's any other person on this show, they're zombie bait. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. I, unless it's Carl. Yeah. You know. But, you know. And then my least favorite thing of the whole episode, they drive off, and I guess the subtle earthquake of their tires on smooth pavement 
detonates three uncharged dynamite. Just, there's nothing attached to them. There's no timer on them. There's no ignition or anything like that. Just three random sticks sitting in the middle of the grass that Rosita was handling and setting down and they did all their other stuff and they drove down to Rick and they crossed the median and all this stuff and the cables and all that stuff. But not until they get past that thing does it just go up randomly. I'm with you, man. This is the stupidest thing. It was like, how can we make this cooler without any plausibility? <laughs> why did why did that dynamite blow up? Uh, if there was anything attached to that cable after them playing guillotine with it, it it, it was a dud. But then anyway, <laughs> but but that's what I'm saying. You no, there clearly was see. Rick pulling the, the like the detonator pins out of the dynamite, oh, yeah. which is required to blow the dynamite. Yeah. Well, now I will tell you this: dynamite is fragile, nitroglycerin, the whole nine yards, like that, and so on. Um, if misproperly handled, it is volatile, the whole nine yards. But yet again, if it survived going through all the walkers. It would have blown up way before it ever did that situation. No, no. It didn't survive throwing the walkers. It was already taken off the cable. Rosita just went and sat it down in the median. But that was nowhere near where the cables were. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's way away. They drove way back that way. And then, not until they conveniently passed back by where the cars and stuff are, where the cable originally was, does it just decide to just blow up. Yeah. It might as well have been Rick slow walking in front of it and not look back when the flames went up. <laughs> Just like... Bam, 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 yeah. bam, bam. It's like a B-rate action movie. I mean, <laughs> horse shit. I know. Yeah, I'm totally with you, man. I'm what totally with you. There was the nothing... world? If they were at the cable, there was nothing for there to be blowing up. They weren't past the cable to even find those three pieces to cause that explosion. And I got something else for you. Three pieces of dynamite. Don't cause that big of a kaboomy. You know? Well, is there... Most of the time when I see dynamite like explosions, like even like in like Mythbusters and stuff like that, it's not really even a flame you see. It's more like no. of a, just like a expansion of air, like super yeah, fast. an explosion like that, you know. And what's going wrong, if you watch Talking to the Afterwards, they show you how they created the fireball and it was all gasoline mixture explosives, right. you know, and to make a over 12 cloud. gallons. And I mean, it was amazing. Not what dynamite does. And it would have been cooler if Rosita just would have picked that stuff up and just chunked it. If it's that volatile yeah. and just threw it at the the crowd of walkers right. and blew the hell out of them. Yeah, well, then that happens. And maybe the, in combination with the cars and other stuff, things like that, you do get that giant explosion. But it gives it more of that plausibility. Yeah. Or just like sling around that RPG like a hammer throw and just <laughs> toss it into the pile <laughs> and just give them the one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I hate they did this. It was bad enough that Rick and Michonne just walked through there and was like they were in a crowded concert. Invincible. Um, <laughs> but then for the bomb to go off, I was like, oh, this is so stupid. Yeah. And now they, it, it's not like the saviors didn't just see that go up. You know what I mean? And, and we'll realize eventually that, oh, somebody drove this car through a big pile of these guys. Well, there's gonna, there's a bunch of walkers that are half cut up, you know, yeah. for at least a quarter mile. And then the cars are not where they were. 
based on now because of where the off ramp was. And there's a lot of evidence there. Things have been changed and shook up. <clears throat> well, yeah, obviously. There's, <laughs> there's about a thousand dead bodies in the middle of the median that are yeah. chopped. Um, man, I really get super down on this show when dumb stuff like that bomb going off happens. I agree. You know, I could have lived with the the Rick and Michonne, you know. Well, I can hear somebody now, you know, complaining or telling us that, well, you know, there were still bombs attached to that cable. But when you cut through all those bodies, then it would have gone off then. And then you would have had the Rick and Michonne barbecue. You know? <laughs> I mean. But I don't think there were bombs attached. There were. They got all of them off except for the ones they took off. And like you said, that was in the medium way back where. That's what I'm saying. That was it's way just, back. If you really look, if you really look at logistically there, that's just not a possible situation. No, it was just silly. Yeah, just it was just trying decision. to put icing on the cake of a really, really cool scene that a lot of people, 99% of people really, really loved. And it was just a touch much. No, oh, the cable stuff was great. It was yeah. super fun. Well, not only that, it's so original. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, but I was. I had no, no problem. I with struggled it. with the, the, you know, that they didn't hit a single walker in the car, but you know, um, that every well, single when they walker did finally plow into walkers, they at least stopped. Yeah, and it had to stop. Um, and you know, and you talk about the 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 cable not feeling much resistance when they're hitting them and stuff. And I'm like, well, these guys are basically rotten grapefruits. I mean, we've seen Daryl whip a chain at these things. Kill three at once with a uh, loose and chain. you and I barbecued that as well. <laughs> I'm just saying. These yeah. things are absolute. You want to you know, have a problem with that. It's like, what about the ones that are like falling off the bridge? They should literally disintegrate when they hit the ground. You <laughs> it know what should I mean? be just a jello stain. Yeah. Have you seen the Humpty Dumpty commercials? Yes. For Geico or whatever it is? Yes, no, heard. TurboTax? That's what they should look like. Where they're like, just yolk is pouring out of them. Um <laughs> So that's what I'm saying. Like they, they, they made a just piss poor decision with this dynamite going off. They did, they did. Well, and you go back to when you and I worked at the golf course, and we pull that hose back there. There is no that those two vehicles pulling that hose. There's no way they were strong enough to ever be pulled far enough apart to be able to make that line taunt off the ground. You know what I'm saying? And I struggle with the idea of two cars, two sedans that look like it has over 80 feet of steel cable being able to be strong enough and to maintain that line tension and go down there. And they never even so much as look like they're hitting a speed bump when they're going now, through these Yeah, it, you would look like you're running out of alignment. Your front ends would be cocked out to the right. Like constantly having While to you're trying to, the, to drive straight. Yeah. yeah. Um, be, uh, Just because we have experience from doing this, which is not cutting zombies in half, but actually driving two vehicles with a, a line between them, it is... Oh, no. And if, if you've ever seen people stretch steel cable... You use a ratchet to constantly pull the tension out or to pull the tension in until it's taut. You know yeah. what I mean? And even then, it's, and it's not under so much pressure. Right. And these are two cars that are in moving. And I, like I said, I don't want to cho- chainsaw that to death because the scene was epic. I love what they did. I thought it was amazing. You know, I just give me the little detail of the car struggling or them. When, when they're hitting bodies, that it looks like they're, they're getting jarred a little bit on the steering wheel. Give me a little bit. You know what I mean? But everybody was just so fascinated with the, the bodies being severed and, you know, 
going every different direction. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm okay with it. I've moved on. I just, that's that little extra detail that I'd love to have. Okay. Finally, here's the other thing. Do we, how far are we away from the hilltop to say, Hey, Jesus and Sasha, y'all cool with taking it on the foot from here? Uh, real close. Otherwise they got the shaft. (laughs) Um, I mean, that, uh, that's a hike to me, but I didn't think the saviors were this close. You know what I mean? If that's the case, um, I realized one of their outposts might've been this close because they went and, you know, destroyed it basically. Um, but to see that they could actually get there on foot, that's tough. That's a rough go. Yeah, no, no doubt there. Um, all right, so let's move quickly. We get back to we get back home. Um, they have to rush home because the, the saviors radio, are looking for Daryl. Right, the, we have the radio call, um, which was cool. I'm, I was happy that that, that that detail was added to it. I was yeah. like, I've got one of the radios. Hey, it's long range. <laughs> Skinny Joe is now just Joe, and that's just a damn shame. <laughs> yeah. You know, I like. The, yeah, the radio was chatter was was fun. Um, they get back and about that time, you know, old Simon shows up, yep. one of our favorite characters and his typical he's rare form point. He's, oh, yeah. he's on point. And, uh, they come in there and they go through it. And of course you have the dialogue of, Hey, you know, Gabriel wouldn't do that. He's a good one, blah, blah, blah. blah. And they investigate it and don't really get much. You do see the Bible on the ground and you get the whole boat thing. Right. I have zero idea what that means. All we can infer is, is that, Rick and Aaron described how they got their loot and it was from a boat and then Gabriel's taking it back um, is the only thing you can assume because later on when you see them going to search for him, they go right back to the boat. Straight to the houseboat. And so that's just connecting the dots. Um, They find these footprints. Are we to say these are fresh or of themselves from an earlier time? Because to me, those footprints looked old not a day old like several days old i don't even want to think about it i don't want to think about it because i mean i wish they had daryl in this spot because at least he's a tracking dude um you know i whatever i'm gonna try not to think too much about the next couple spots of this right um here's the part that struggled with is that we were all of a sudden at the houseboat and then the next scene we're in we're a junkyard. In a, we're in a completely new environment. Back of a warehouse or something. Back of a warehouse. Mill, I'm like, the editor, who in the F missed the scene to jump from this point to this point? Give me 10 seconds of them going through a field somewhere else before we get from point A to point B here. I don't know. Because we went from way the other side of Dodge really, really quick. Yeah. I mean, even my wife looks at me and goes, where are they now? I'm like, exactly, honey. Exactly. <laughs> I mean... Really? Um, cool set piece, though. I mean, you got an old excavator sitting there with, with kugzu growing all over it and stuff everywhere, you know. Like containers covered and things up like that. Stuff. It was really, really cool. It does make me wonder if Virginia or, you know, the Washington, D.C. area actually has kudzu. And by the way, listeners, if you don't know what kudzu is, it is indigenous to the south, and it is that greeny, viney stuff that grows over everything when it's left left out there. Eventually, kudzu will take over the world. It was a gift from the Japanese. It was supposed to help with erosion, but they didn't tell us that it's like little shop of horrors. <laughs> it will consume full trees, yes. kill them dead, 
power lines, everything. It consumes everything. Yeah. It's insane. And it is. The, and it will not die. Yeah. It, just imagine a long vine that grows across the ground or anywhere, and it drops its roots to anything. And I mean anything. And suffocates it. And suffocates it. It is the craziest. I'm sure we're, most of you have heard of Kutsu. Yeah. It's. Yeah, it's nuts. But when we have it everywhere down here in the South, yeah. I mean, they're it's it's the just, bane, the bane <laughs> of the South. Yeah. Um, so it was really a cool set piece there, all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, they get surrounded, you know, um, and you meet a whole new group um, of Mad Max people. Yeah, all most of them wearing black, gray, consistently dressed. Who runs Barter Town? <laughs> <laughs> Master Blaster. Um, yeah, if I swear, if Tina, if Tina came on out of there, I was turning it off. We're done. Um, uh, the key person in the mix was, of course, you see Rick and his smile, which was a huge social buzz on social media and so on. And I immediately knew what he meant by this. And I think there's a lot of comments, and I'll give you some different yeah. ones. Here's our people and our guns. Yeah, exactly. Here's our recruits, you know. Yeah. Um, but the one key one is, of course, this one who's holding a rifle to him, and he's got a hood and his face covered and everything else. Now, uh, like David Bradshaw, uh, Renee, and uh, several other people who've commented with us, we all had these different thoughts. You know, most people were saying, hey, this is a new recruit, something like that. But even David was like, you know, hey, was Gabriel in the mix? Hey, was guess who was missing and haven't seen in a long time? Heath, was he possibly the person that was covered up and brung there and was this a way of infiltrating and getting back and so on. And so I put a still image of the, the guy holding the gun on Facebook. And unfortunately he is a white dude. He's got, you know, white hands da, da, da. Um, and judge of the picture, it looks like he has long hair, but you cannot make any out thing facial or so on. And like I told a lot of people on social media, I want to believe this is a person we've seen before, but it just eludes me to who it could be. Yeah, I don't think it's somebody we've seen. I think it's going to be a new character. Well, here's my whole deal is why hide his identity? There's a reason you're hiding his identity. It's got to be somebody we've seen or we're going to be seen, and then you're going to have the aha moment. Yeah. I'm telling you. Maybe. Or maybe they're just hiding a good actor. You know what I mean? And just Possible. waiting on the reveal. Possible. Or it's a person who's really bad disfigured, and that's the reason they're covered up. They don't want to be seen because everybody else has got. There's only going back and watch it again. There's only a few people who have a hood on, but this one first got a full regalia. You get the hood, face cover, yeah, the works, you know. And have you seen Carl, sir? <laughs> really, <laughs> you looking good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, he's smiling, he's happy, and this is you know the the recruits. Or in our opinion, that's who we think is the recruits coming up. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean that. Well, at least that's what Rick's thinking. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what I would hope. Um, Cut to what, black. Yeah. What do you think this group means for the future of the show? Not necessarily. Well, yes, we agree. This is the recruits. They have guns. They, you know, they're evidently fighters out of that. But what does it mean moving forward? Um. They're probably going to be just cannon fodder, mostly, because I we cannot have more characters. So if they want to make this a large group of what appears to be super sneaky, intelligent, uh, 
like guerrilla style fighters, I'm cool with that. That's excellent. Um, because that's an old other like, you know, brand of fighting that can be useful. Um, but I, I don't want new characters. We, we have too many characters. So I assume that these people will all mostly die or help the fight and then go about their business. And they'll be like, yeah, y'all be new trading partners. You know what I mean? But no reason to ever see them again. Right. I'm with you. I mean, you know, there's not enough people just to be able to have casualties of war without having, like you said, yeah, expendable characters. Absolutely. And this is them. Um, you know, the first thing I saw here and based on the set piece is that you see everybody's seen this preview and everybody talks about that one walker that we're going to see down the road. You know, they showed you the spiky. old spiky there who's got a head, you know, his head's protected and spikes everywhere. Da, da, da. I see this group being the one who has this. Or do you think this is that or spiky is a part of the savior compound? I'm, I'm guessing it's one of those two. Um, I'm going to assume it's part of this group because they look all Mad Maxi, and that's like perfect Thunderdome business right there. Yes, I'm 100%. Um, and it's not a terrible idea, but anything to do with walkers is damn near useless to me at this point. You know, Unless they're strapping bombs on them and running a herd into a group, you know what I mean? That could be cool. That would be sweet. Um, now I think Spiky is a really neat thing because Spiky is not comic book material. I no, think that I is think original. That is really cool. I think it's cool. It's like a junkyard dog in a way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but to what end they're going to use him? I have no idea. To me, it looks like you drop him in a pit and good luck, you and Spiky. You know what I mean? I could totally see two men enter, one yeah. man leave. <laughs> yeah. I could totally see that being a situation. I mean, even when they talk about the preview next week, they're like, you want to buy back your friends or you this, that, or so on. I'm willing to bet. I mean, it's very much like you say, a Mad Max Thunderdome situation where you go in and it's entertainment for the group, you know, to face off to something like that. And I mean, that is a cool original idea if that's what they go with. And I'd be looking forward to that. Yeah, it's fine. All right, where does the show go? The preview gave us a little bit of a preview. It w- it's not too spoiler-esque for a preview or anything like that. Um, it immediately talks about Ezekiel and um, you know his right-hand man doing a drop, and you can tell something doesn't go right. And to me, this is the catalyst of it's time to fight because here's the first example of violence towards us. I see somebody getting shot, somebody getting hurt. And that helping lean him towards, all right, we can... Forcing his hand. Forcing his hand to fight. Yeah. Um, uh, But where we go for the rest of it? I mean, we didn't talk about the Carol and the little boy in the woods. I'm not concerned. Yeah. Other than her saying, hey, use toe, heel, toe, heel, there wasn't much else to the conversation. Heel, toe. Heel, toe. Heel, toe. Get off me. No, this was just basically showing, hey, Carol, you're still a badass. and, And she was leaning towards possibly coming back to Ezekiel. Right. You know what I mean? That's it. Um, the kid was nothing more than showing her that there's still good faith and good people out there even in a world yeah. of crap. I mean, it's just another... Gobbledygook. Exactly. Um, no, I mean, I, I think the next episode is mainly going to be about Rick convincing these people however he has to do it with Spikey or whatever. Um, and then we're going to get a little bit of moralizing and... Daryl-izing, we should be sanitizing, and um, and like you said, the drop. 
that's probably right. going to go wrong. Probably be maybe something with Simon, maybe. Um, yeah, and of course, unfortunately, I have read the titles and synopsis of the next four or five episodes. I don't want to hear it. And, uh, you know, of course, we'll have the whole Eugene episode coming up pretty soon, too. Yeah, I'm sure he's coming around. We'll get the whole, uh, you know, how's Eugene doing? You know, basically, it's going to be, we're swapping Daryl for Eugene. Let's see how, you know, the sniveling baby can handle this situation compared to your most rock hard, you know, lovable character, supposedly, who, you know. They've already got Eugene shackled to a iron table building bullets. Does he like, ever <laughs> red probably, ball in his mouth? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Living out his fantasies is basically what he's doing. <laughs> his zipper across his mouth. Oh, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> it was good talking to y'all forever. We're done. We'll never be back on the air again. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's about all I got to say about it. Yeah. I hear you guys. Guys, we appreciate y'all listening tonight. Uh, we are really enjoying Walking Dead again. It's nice to see it picking back up where it was. Looking forward to the second half of the season. Really feel like they're going to pick up the tempo and the pace and bring it. And we're really looking forward to talking about it each week. I know sometimes we really get over-technical and critical on some things, but it truly is one of our favorite shows, and we always look forward to it. Uh, if you guys, if y'all enjoyed the pod and really enjoyed listening to us, you know, you got a minute to go to iTunes or one of your favorite podcatcher. Uh, podcast catching sites and like that you know subscribe give us a like uh, uh, or even give us a review on itunes or stitcher or something like that, that you know helps us out it always does us well and we greatly appreciate it and, but other than that guys we're gonna call tonight this is bleed tv and i'm zach and i'm jake and we'll see y'all next week